Smart Council is a production of New Pattern Counseling, with additional support from Multnomah University. To learn how to support this podcast, visit patreon.com slash smartcouncil. Reese Basimio is a counselor, teacher, and writer, and the founder of New Pattern Counseling in Gresham, Oregon. His clinical specialties are addictions, gender, sexuality, and spirituality. Ben Poling is a counselor at a New Day Counseling Center in Portland, Oregon. He specializes in identity, relationships, and sexual addiction. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Smart Council, here obsession, empathy, and hope. Smart Council provides perspectives and resources on spirituality, mental health, addictions, relationships, and trauma. I'm Reese Basimio. And I'm Ben Poling. And we are coming live from your living room in my back <laughs> office. <laughs> right. Yes. Because that's where we are. <laughs> We've been pre-banished to not the public work sphere. Yes, it's, it's social distancing. Right. Um, although I, I will say, I think, I think we are in our respective locations less for social distancing and more because uh, it's after our kids' bedtime and it's just hard to go out at that point. So it's, It is more convenient. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, we are a couple weeks into perhaps the most interesting couple weeks that I've ever experienced in just the world in general. I don't know. How do you feel about it, Ben? Oh, for sure. This feels like it's a significant event in, in my life, but even kind of looking at like history, I, you know, I feel like this is something that's going to be a significant historical event, you know, going, going forward. Cause you look at, you know, past history and, you know, the Spanish flu and, uh, the, you know, these things, that, you know, and how it, how it affects the world. I think this is going to have a profound effect on, on the world. I'm thinking so. And I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have anywhere near the expertise to debate like the actual like specifics of like what's actually going on or like what is the coronavirus or what isn't it and like how bad it is. But yeah, we'll know, leave that for the experts. For sure, for sure. But you know, you know, say say it's as bad as they think or say it's as not bad as some other people think, you know, still like like the reaction to it is just huge. That's, Absolutely. that's yeah, that's what's reminding me about things like well, I've been thinking about um, you know, for us in America, you know, reactions to, you know, nine eleven were pretty big, you know, mm-hmm. reactions to like the Vietnam War, they were pretty big, you know, you know, even further back, the, the Great Depression. I mean, a lot of our grandparents um, who are still alive, they, they, you know, they have memories from that, too. It was just this, you know, really formative, you know, few years. And I'm sure there's a lot of inherent stress and trauma that, you know, like we, like we know, like looking at how like neurology works and how epigenetics work, there's, there's, there's lasting, you know, physical impacts from these, these really big events. So I am definitely really curious to see, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about like, like, like our kids that are, you know, still pretty young, but like old enough to understand there's this thing out there that's keeping them from having play dates with their friends and yes yes my daughter my oldest has already said i hate the coronavirus so <laughs> right she, she totally knows that this uh, this there's this thing out there that is and 
you know, that she doesn't fully understand, but she knows that it's keeping her from being able to do things that she wants to do. Yeah. My kids have been like, you know, wrapping themselves up in, in, in blankets and, and playing liturgy every morning because they miss going to church. They miss seeing their friends and well, goodness, I miss going to church and seeing my friends. So, you know, we, I think we get, you know, you and me, we get to watch this from this interesting perspective of being, uh, of being counselors and, you know, tasked with people's mental health and working with depression and anxiety and compulsive behaviors and how we handle trauma and everything. And, you know, we get a front row seat to seeing how you humans respond to a major stressor, both in our offices and then, well, I mean, the news is everywhere too. So there's that. Ben, what are some of your observations on just how the responses to Corona? (laughs) It's been fascinating uh, seeing how people respond because I mean really it actually seems fairly or has seemed kind of binary you know where you have you have the people kind of like myself that that have really downplayed it um, you know it's not a big deal um, and it's going to be fine and and you know but then you have have the people on the other end of that 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 are uh, really panicking. And so, you know, buying, buying up all the toilet paper and, and all these, you know, these, uh, really, you know, anxiety ridden reactions that people are having. And it's, it almost like, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of people kind of in, in between that, I guess. Um, but it's certainly been fascinating to see, because I think a lot of the people in my sphere are, tend to be more on, on my end of things. So I, I have a lot of people that are kind of on the more, like, you know, it's, you know, we're fine. It's going to be fine. Everything's fine. Um, but then I go out and like this morning I went to the store um, and, and it was crazy and you can just feel the anxiety uh, in the air, the fear in the air. It does feel really tangible and uh, like a really tangible fear um kind of kind of depending on what what air you're breathing because i however it's worked out like i i've not needed to go to like a big a big store i mean i've gone through natural grocers a couple times um and that's i mean the one i go to is pretty quiet anyway so i've missed most of the stores but actually the way it's worked out this week i've gotten to go on a walk every day almost every day out in the sunlight and something about um, I, I'm experiencing the contrast of when I'm inside and on the screens and on the internet and with people, you know, this is all we're talking about and we're, we're obsessing over it. I'll just, I'll just be straight there. But I, but I step out into, into nature out in the sunlight and, you know, and go walk around and, you know, you know, um, trees are still growing blackberries are still invading people's gardens there's still pollen and seasonal allergies which <laughs> parenthetically i'm blowing my nose a lot because i have seasonal allergies i don't <laughs> think i have the <laughs> thing um so <laughs> don't judge um i'm but, not judging but uh but but it's it's this weird contrast of um that there's this thing it's real it's out there it's big and then there's also this way that some of life is still just going on relentlessly um, yeah and that's been really helpful for me too to be able to go outside to see i mean we're we're entering spring trees are blooming flowers are blooming you know there's there's nature there's in many ways the world is just continuing as it always has 
Um, and so being able to go out there and experience that has, has been very helpful for me because I, I think earlier this week, like I was just really struggling with this sense of like, and I need something to feel normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just going out and, and experiencing, uh, the nature and, uh, and springtime that, that really helped restore this sense of like normalcy that, that there, there is still normal. Not everything has changed. Uh, and you know, the, the Bob, <laughs> Bob Marley's song is always, uh, ministered to my soul and so in, in that in that moment you know being able to think of you know you know the birds are singing you know and telling me like everything's going to be okay yeah for sure at a pastor once who once remarked oh yeah bob marley who was a saint and that was before <laughs> i really knew anything about the world and i thought it was funny and now i think it's even funnier but um, yeah there's there's something to be appreciated about that. So for for this conversation, I know I, I think we're we're observing there's that kind of binary set of reactions. And I think we wanted to make some commentary on both sides and you know make some comments around the the the, the more the more fear response and I mean, there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot we could say and we, we may offend some people, but we're going to try not to, we're trying to be, you know, speaking the truth in love and, um, very, very gentle, but you know, we, we have perspectives. Yeah. So some thoughts on, on the, on the more fear response, but also some other thoughts on the, you know, more blase response and, and, and all on, that's definitely where I, I started with this and where I wanted and where I'd rather be there and rather have it not be a thing. Um, but also, you know, you know, spoiler, you know, the, the punchline of, of that side is I think I have a responsibility, you know, in, in my position of not being as afraid, I have a responsibility to minister to people's fear responses and mm-hmm. to take really seriously, like these are people's needs and these are people's lives. And these, you know, I, I can't call myself a trauma-informed counselor and discount people's fears. So... Anyway, so that's where that half of the conversation is going. But for starters, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, about fear and obsession. Why? So why obsession? Why are, why are we bringing in this this odd term, um, given the current scenario? Do you think? Yeah, I think there's a there's a tendency for people to become obsessed with this. So you're you know you're on social media, you're on the news, you're on you know, all, all these platforms get all the information you can about this thing. And, uh, you know, so, cause you know, that maybe the more informed you are, the better you're able to respond. Um, and the more you might get comforted. And yet I think oftentimes it kind of has the opposite effect where the more information you have, the more anxious you become. That sounds very much like a, like a compulsion maybe. And, um, I don't know if it's, I mean, we can think of compulsions in like the the obsessive compulsive sense of you know I need to I need to check my doors I need to straighten my straighten my my items and, you know I I have these intrusive thoughts that I don't like and mm-hmm. I just I can't let them go um, and we can think of like the the obsessive and compulsive nature of a lot of addictions too where you know we're we're drawn to these behaviors and these substances um, mostly because 
we're in pain somewhere or mm-hmm. in some distress somewhere and we're yeah. looking we're, we're we're conditioned through life and a lot of trauma to look to this thing this object this behavior this chemical for if i don't do this i won't be okay right right you know healthy attachment figures were absent at crucial moments and so we fill in the gaps with alcohol with marijuana with sex with gambling with food with um with anger and you know maybe and it's been really interesting for me as i'm learning about addiction and compulsion to also factor in these really intense emotional states too um not that not that feelings are bad feelings are very good and not even that intense feelings are bad i mean intense feelings can be really exciting but but again it's like when when the intensity of a feeling becomes super normalized and that's my version of okay like i need to be feeling this intense feeling to feel, feel okay um that's where it can get kind of kind of dicey because that's not always like a happy feeling like there's kind of a way that like um if like being angry all the time or being stressed all the time or or being you know scared of something all the time has been um has been just happened so so much that that becomes normalized then i might tend to gravitate toward you know feeling a fear state or feeling a stress state or i might gravitate toward um things and behaviors that make my life feel kind of unmanageable um not because I like it, but because I haven't sufficiently experienced anything otherwise. Yeah, and I, th- yeah, I think there's a, there's an aspect to that. Yeah, where it, where it it works, it it you know you get what you need from that, even if it's not very healthy or feel even if it doesn't feel good all the time. Um, it's it's effective and it's all you know. I think that's been one of the features of um, the whole. Uh, you know, corona responses that's been that's been standing out. It's the kind um, kind kind of the the obsession over it, which I am totally buying into also, and I, I'm I'm totally doing it also. Like, um, like every night this week at dinner, it's been like a lot of what me and my wife have talked about, and mm-hmm. with almost all of my clients, it's been what we talk about. And look, it's me and my friend, and <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> And, and it's not just in the conversations, but I'm thinking about it all of the time. And it, to the point where it feels weird to think about anything else. And I was remarking about how, um, I have a friend who's applying for, um, for a pastoral job out in, out in Iowa and the, the pastor in Iowa and I were playing phone tag for a little bit and finally having that conversation and something about that conversation at first felt really jarring. Cause I was like, how could this be happening? Like this has nothing to do with what's going on. And then I had to stop and think, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. This conversation is the normal part of my day. Uh, I need to cherish this. So, yeah. But all that to yes. say that the, there's that obsession and um, I would venture is probably being fueled by, um, by, by the internet perhaps, which is weird because, you know, the internet is kind of also that thing that's, you know, sustaining us air quotes in this, in this moment, uh, cause now everything is happening. All of our, all of our communities are moving online, but at the same time, there's something I think inherently like, um, dissociative and like realities just get twisted and exaggerated and, uh, it's so disembodied and so like you know in your head and out of your body that um it just seems like it it, <laughs> it just seems rife with spiraling unmanageable responses and everything yes I don't know. <laughs> am i am i crazy <laughs> am i misreading things no I, it seems accurate to me 
I, th I, I think it's probably not healthy, the amount of uh, obsession that we're seeing. Probably not. And I think in, in saying this, I definitely want to emphasize we're not, we're not saying there's no danger and we're not saying there's no risk because there is. There's this, there's this virus floating around. It's kind of dangerous. It, you know, we don't know if we're carrying it. And there, there, are, there, are, there are legitimate risks, you know, not unilateral risks necessarily, but there, there's some legitimate things and we, we should be actively engaged and paying attention. But it would be nice to be able to be to be mindful in it and not reactive and not in, not in, not in a limbic response um the the thing I'm thinking about you know fear is like when when we're in a fear response you know neurologically we're no longer in our in our front brain in our in our higher brain we mm -hmm. um the the fear response happens in the limbic brain the midbrain the animal brain and we're yeah. at that point where we're not our best rational selves we're more our you know, black and white reactive extremist selves. And we can be prone to some, you know, some decisions we might regret later. So anyway, all that to say, well, um, Ben, what are some ideas you have about how to pull back from obsession or what are some, what would be some, some healthy ways to cope with fear and stress? I, I mean, I think it's a lot of the stuff that we talk about with clients all the time, around stress anxiety i mean we got to make sure we're getting we're taking care of ourselves um you know so trying to get enough sleep trying to exercise um eating well you know the those basic things are going to be really big protective factors for us and you know with when it comes to anxiety and stress um but then i think it's also you know uh, there's got to be a point where you kind of make an inten intentional decision to pull back a little bit from the obsession to, you know, instead of spending an hour on Facebook, you know, maybe you get on for five or 10 minutes to, you know, to try and connect with some people or, you know, see what's going on in some people's lives rather than, you know, seeing, all the impact of the coronavirus recently or what other, you know, what everybody's saying. Cause I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of misinformation that goes around too with social media as people just kind of post their thoughts and opinions and that can, that can just feed the obsession. So you gotta, you know, at some point also just kind of make some healthy choices to, to, you know, to pull back from that and say, okay, you know, these are the healthy choices I'm going to make you know, I'll spend this amount of time on the news um, or, you know, this amount of time on social media. Um, and instead I'll, you know, I'll do these other things that are relaxing, uh, restorative for me, like reading a book or uh, pursuing a hobby. That feels like a really great start. Um, not cutting yourself off completely because that wouldn't be completely wise either, but dosing yourself essentially. And mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I, I love the idea of getting up from your computer or putting down your phone. And you know, we want to honor honor quarantine and honor the social distance for sure. But you know, I mean, walk around your house, clean your house. Um, <laughs> we were walking through a neighborhood earlier and commenting on, "Wow, everybody's lawn is really beautiful right now." Because they've, <laughs> had, <laughs> they've had time to mow it. Uh, yes, that's been nice. I mean, I mean, I mean, here, I mean, here, I mean, it's important to recognize too. I mean, not everybody has the same opportunities. I mean, 
I mean, we live in neighborhoods with streets that are like kind of, kind of safe, you know, I know some people are, you know, living in like, you know, third, fourth, fifth story, you know, apartments with that don't have, that have inside hallways. So, you know, getting outside isn't an option for everyone. And we want to recognize that. Yeah. I mean, as much as, as possible, I'd love to see people being able to at least, you know, at least be like walking around their house or at least be, you know, physically active as much as, as possible for them. Um, mm-hmm. One of the other things I'm thinking for, for coping with fear actually has to do with language. Like I've heard people talk about this as this is a life and death emergency and it's a pandemic and it's a crisis. And mm-hmm. we need to, you know, we need to, we need to take this seriously because it's life and death. Um, and there's this like mysterious mutating virus and that nobody, there's no vaccine and nobody understands it. And, and granted, I'm reading all this online. So like all of the, the paraverbals are are completely my interpretation of it. But you know, if I'm interpreting it that way, presumably somebody else is too anyway. um, But, but I feel like it would be just as truthful to recognize, you know, this is a uniquely, this is a unique situation. This is a new situation. This is a heightened situation. Um, Is it a crisis or is this, or is it a situation? You know, is it life and death unilaterally or is it, you know, a matter of a matter of urgency and you know uh we do do need to respond but you know do we need to panic um i feel like the the words we use really matter because words create thoughts and ideas thoughts and ideas have consequences you know if you Mm -hmm. talk in heightened fear language you're going to be quite afraid you know if you talk in a little bit more neutral rational language you know you're not going to ignore the truth or be minimizing the problem but you might be able to keep a much more level head as you actively engage with it so you know my thought for people listening would be maybe consider you know not using the most exaggerated adverbs and adjectives that language offers maybe maybe use more neutral terms Mm -hmm. to bring down the intensity of the fear yeah finding that neutral ground between exaggerating and like kind of uh, uh, underreacting, I guess, too, because, because there's, you know, there's, there's, there can be the tendency, like we talked about this binary reaction to just be like, Oh, it's, you know, it's really not a big deal. Well, you know, actually it is kind of a big deal. Um, The the world wouldn't be shutting down the way it it is if it wasn't a big deal. Um, But, you know, yeah, being able to find find more reasonable uh, words to be able to talk about it rather than words that are going to induce panic and fear. Yeah. And when it comes to making decisions, maybe don't make all of your big decisions right now when you're in crisis. This one may be a little bit less defensible. Like I know, like, I mean, you and I, I mean, we, we, we just kind of suddenly made the move to like suddenly be doing teletherapy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I, I've long, like not really wanted to do teletherapy because I would rather be in person with people. And, um, you know, in the span of a week, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm all set up. I'm all ready to go because that's where we're going. Um, I guess that was kind of a big decision, but I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking things like, you know, let me go like, <laughs> let me go like buy all the hand sanitizer in the Eastern half of Kentucky or <laughs> let me go build a bunker or let me, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the big decisions are. 
you know, it, it it's a heightened situation. I would say, mm-hmm. let's just hang in there, you know, get some food, go home, be with your families, mow your lawn, wash your hands a lot of times and <laughs> just wait and see what happens. And when other stuff goes down, we'll adapt to that too. Humans adapt. It's what we do. Yeah. And kind of going back to like the, the healthy coping and stuff like, uh, and, and dealing with the anxiety, I, you know, we, we talked about sort of finding, um, finding ways that things, you know, things are still the same or, you know, normal. I think that can be really helpful too for people just look for the ways that, you know, that there's still beauty, there's still good, there's still uh, normal in, in life um, and be able to focus more on those things than all the things that are changing and, and going away or things like that. Um, and, and as well as I think, you know, something that I'm seeing in this that I think, you know, we could focus more on is this, um, a lot of people feeling a bit more of a camaraderie or, you know, connection with other people, even strangers, because we all realize we're kind of in this together. Uh, And so being able to kind of embrace that and maybe like check in on your neighbors or, you know, if you have extra toilet paper, like seeing, seeing if your neighbors need some or your friends need some or, you know, different things like that to really, uh, kind of you know have this social interest piece that that comes out and and that where you can focus more on some other people rather than focusing inwards on your own anxieties and fears i think that would be really essential and and i love this idea of of tending to your neighbor and you know resource sharing as as a way of you know there's some physical activity to it it's taking an active approach and it's you know um you know, uh, to quote, uh, you know, Jack from Lost, you know, we, we live together, we die alone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eternal wisdom from J.J. Abrams. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, we, we who have much, we who have two coats, we ought to give one away, that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. um, the best investment we can make of our resources is in the poor. Again, also my also you know recognizing there there's some legitimate need for 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 physical distance right now given the specifics of this you know mm-hmm. you know if you are you know homebound and not not feeling safe to to leave your own walls um, that's fine but you can still mentally do this you can still say okay if I'm gonna be online a bunch let me be you know chatting with people let me be on Facetime let me be sending messages let me be talking with people let me be sending encouraging memes and things and uh or i don't know encouraging cat videos or something Um, (laughs) but you know there there's there's ways to get out of your own head and out of your own life to um attempt to be 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 nurturing to other people do you have any more thoughts about that uh no i think that's it for now okay (laughs) i'm sure i do but sweet well, let's uh, maybe let, let's shift gears then and kind of talk about the other end of the binary, mm. which I think would be talking more to people who are a little bit more like, like you and me, where, and I'll call some some developing privileges here, you know, we have the privilege of being young in this one and in fairly good health mm-hmm. and 
And we also have the privilege of like being housed inside and having jobs that can exist online as well as offline on top of like the, the standard privileges of being white and male and, uh, and all of that. So, um, I'm, I've been, I've been thinking about like, what about homeless people? Like, what are they going to do with all of this? And someone else had pointed out like, oh yeah, you know, what about people who, uh, you know, they're, they're told to go home or like students are told to go home now, but you know, what about students who have to go home to abusive households and, um, and put you know, for people for whom either home doesn't exist or home is not safe. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so for, so for us who are saying, yeah. Okay. That was, that was a tangent. <laughs> I'll <admit> that. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, it's easy it's easy it's easy for someone like me to be kind of insulated and say oh it can't be that big of a deal um because i have like all of these i'm sheathed in a lot of protective privileges Mm -hmm. um and i know there are other people like me in the spot who kind of want this thing to just be over and not not overblown so much but i think there's some problems in that perspective and and i am i'm coming to recognize the problems in my own response too um what are what are you noticing, Ben? Yeah, I I think there's a I mean there's a sense of sort of denial I think that I uh, see in in this and myself and in others where like I just don't want to I don't want to accept what reality is and that you know that things may change for uh you know a, a long period of time and in ways that I don't want to, don't want to accept. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I mean, I think the privilege piece is, is something too, where I, I think I feel, uh, and, and may, maybe many others feel like less vulnerable. Um, and, and therefore like, I, you know, I don't see this as, as big of a threat because, you know, I, I live in a house with my family and have food and supplies and things and, you know, resources to be able to, um, deal with with this, you know, at least for now. And so, you know, I think it, it, there's a tendency to downplay it because of that too. Definitely so. And, you know, you talk about, you know, there, there's big changes happening and changes that might go on and on. And uh, I feel that. There's a part of me that's like, I don't want my life interrupted. My life's kind of comfortable and this is all really inconvenient. And, you know, darn, darn, those, darn those pesky paranoid people um, which I mean, that's, that's the ugliness in my own heart. And then I'm starting to recognize that it's like, no, that's, that's not okay. Um, mm-hmm. because that's me being, you know, arrogant and self-centered and presumptuous and, and in the end, just really like not compassionate to people. Maybe at the end of the day, it'll turn out to have not been such a big deal. That's okay. That's kind of not the point. The point is like right now, you know, you know, people's lived experience is, you know, being concerned and being, being nervous. And, and there are, there are people who are legitimately vulnerable right now. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, if we're going to be calling ourselves strong informed counselors and spiritual people, then our, our task is to, you know, consider the more vulnerable person and prioritize their experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, there, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's this empathy piece where, you know, that, that I've had to 
come, you know, uh, into contact with and connect with, I guess, with, with myself, you know, cause they're, you know, at the beginning, there's this tendency to just see these other people reacting in these extreme ways. And that's just ridiculous and crazy. And then, you know, having to come back from that and realize, that, you know, I, I may feel that way, but, but the truth is we're all feeling, you know, anxious and scared as a result of this. And we all have our different ways of coping with that. And so, you know, for some people coping with that means, you know, going out and buying a bunch of toilet paper because that's something that they can control. Uh, and for other people like me, it's, you know, it's kind of downplaying it and, and going into denial so that I don't have to face it. For sure. And yeah, Framing that in the sense of needing some sort of control, I think, is a really valuable perspective. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're facing a lot of uncertainty. And, you know, some of us, I'm going to adventure to say you and me, Ben, I mean, given our particular life structures, we have a lot to buffer us from that uncertainty. And, mm-hmm. um, and like, our, our, uncertainty, our uncertainty and anxiety could perhaps be a little bit more abstract you know, some people, they don't have all of the buffers and they don't have, you know, they just, they just don't have that. And so something like I can, I can see and I can feel and I can grasp, you know, the, the frozen food, the canned beans, you know, the, the hand sanitizer bottles, you know, Mm -hmm. those are, those are my, my, those are my tangible, you know, tokens of like, I've done something to take care of myself. And this was, this was, this was the empowerment I could do and I did it. And, you know, like, well, okay they did it. Let's, let's, let's commend them for that. They, they, they took responsibility for their lives and they, they did the best they could with the perspective that they had and the money that they had. So, mm-hmm. so great. Um, and when I run out of hand sanitizer, I hope I run into one of those people. So <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Uh, to, to borrow, to borrow some of theirs, not to try to get my germs all over them. No. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I guess my, I mean, what, what I really want to emphasize on this one, and it's, it's definitely a challenge to myself and a challenge to other people who, who are wanting to downplay it is to say, okay, you know, you're, you're not scared. Great. You're in good health. Great. You have the means to like have, have a really buffered experience. Awesome. Enjoy that. Um, but, you know, I mean, let's hold back on the judgment of other people and, let's hold back on the skepticism and let's, let's not politicize this whole crisis just because uh, we can politicize everything. But I mean, let's be the kind of people who look for the weak and the vulnerable or the scared and the timid and say, how can I help? And let's, let's be that kind of, let's be that kind of a person. Yeah, for sure. I think of, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers, quote has been very popular over the last several years about you know when there's a crisis look for the helpers and i i would venture to say you know in conjunction with that like look for how you can be a helper um, and look how look for how you can understand other people's experience and have empathy for that um, versus just looking for ways to um, judge or or um look down on how other people respond. I think so. I think that's, I think that that's, that's a great point to, to, to maybe, to maybe end on. So 
if you are recognizing in yourself that you've maybe been a little bit obsessive, that's okay. There are ways to pull back from that. And some of them have to do with, you know, looking away from the screen and looking out more toward your neighbor. And for, you know, those of us who are finding themselves in more of a critical, like, um, non-empathetic role, you know, there that, that's okay. There, there's a way out of that too. And, you know, lo and behold, it kind of looks a little bit like looking away from your screen and looking more towards your neighbor. And <laughs> uh, it's just a little bit better when you look away from screens and um, look more at people and maybe some nature. And well, at least here in Portland, it's been a little bit more sunny, a little bit more often. And uh, that's been nice. That's so, super nice. It's crazy. Yeah. We, we, we can wrap it there for, for this one. Uh, thanks, Ben, for sharing an evening with me. And yeah, thank you, Reese for following along with us. Uh, we'd love to hear more of your thoughts. Um, we're trying to occupy kind of the middle of the binary, which tends to mean we've probably offended somebody or raised some <laughs> questions or something. Uh, if that's been the case, um, please tell us about it so that we can dialogue. And if we made something, if we said something that's just egregiously non-accurate, uh, please let us know so that we can fix it. We're, we're good at that. And all of our contact infos at the end of the show and in the liner notes but thanks for listening and let's keep the conversation going we love your feedback and invite you to share your thoughts about this conversation also we'd appreciate your review and five-star rating on itunes soundcloud and spotify share your thoughts through email at smartcouncilpodcast at gmail.com you can also find us at facebook.com slash smartcouncilpodcast. Please consider supporting this podcast with a financial donation through patreon.com slash smartcouncil. Our theme music is by Trent Price. Our logo design is by Thomas Moore. Thanks again for listening, and let's keep the conversation going. Music